Hello there, it's Blake. I'm here with another bonus episode featuring an interview with Dave DeMond, CFO at the March of Dimes. Keep on listening to learn best practices for a speedy ERP implementation, what Dave is looking to add to NetSuite in the coming year, and Dave's thoughts on how nonprofits can be better stewards of money through good accounting and systems. This interview was recorded in person at the NetSuite Sweet World Conference. Sound conditions were less than ideal, so the audio quality may not be up to our usual standards. Nevertheless, I hope you enjoy it. Now, on to the show. Welcome to the Cloud Accounting Podcast. I'm Blake Oliver. And I'm David Leary. And we are talking with Dave DeMond, the CFO at March of Dimes. And we are at Sweet World in Las Vegas. That's right. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. So you are the CFO of March of Dimes, which uh, it's very exciting to speak to you because I feel like it's one of those charities that everybody knows. It's been around for such a long time. And I was looking at the Wikipedia page for March of Dimes. Right. And I learned that it was founded by President Roosevelt. That's right. He found it because he it was for polio, and he obviously he had polio, and so it was really to find the cure for polio, uh, which it did. And we've been pretty much polio-free since about 1979, thanks to the March of Dimes and the work that they did. Yeah, And it involved a massive letter-writing campaign, or, or people would people actually send the dimes in? To they, the, would, they would. They would send the dimes into the White House. Wow. Eddie Cantor, who was an actor at the time, said, we want to see the March of Dimes into the White House. So it was the Infant Paralysis you know, Foundation, and it really transformed into the March of Dimes based upon his saying, we want to see those, mar- those dimes march into the White House. And so that's really how it's got its name. And it's stuck 82, 83 years later, we're still around. And you no longer collect dimes. Not really, no. So, so I was, I was going to ask you some, I was going to make some jokes about, you know, where do you keep all the dimes? Uh, is there a big jar at the we, headquarters? We actually or? do have dimes because we, uh, as part of some of our marketing campaign, when we do some direct mails, we'll put a dime in there. Some people and other, other nonprofits do that, but we always put a dime in there. And some people will send the dime back with their donation. And so when we get it, we do throw it in a big jar and then we you know, take it to the bank. So we do kind of have a big jar of, of dimes. That's amazing. But, and that's yeah. in the balance sheet, the yeah. jar of dimes. <laughs> no, it's not on the balance. Well, it is eventually, but not on the cash side, but yeah. When Roosevelt did this whole thing, it, it raised like $5 million initially or something. That's right. And that was what funded polio. That's right. The research for, fund, for polio, the clinical trials for polio, and then ultimately the vaccine for polio. Wow. That we came out in, the, you know, I think 1956 or so. So yeah, it, it, and then by, like I said, 20 years ahead, we were pretty much polio-free in this country. So Dave, tell us then, what brings you to Sweet World? Well, so we are a user of, uh, of NetSuite. I joined the March of Dimes in 2018. At that point, we had a very old J.D. Edwards AS400 system that was about 30 years old. And I knew in order to transform the organization to a more current financial operation. I needed a new you know, ERP, a new finance system. And uh, I had been a user of Hyperion at a previous job and came over and really liked what NetSuite had to offer. So we came up on, NetSuite was one of my first things we had to do because I knew I, if I were gonna hire new people, younger people, they were never gonna be able to, to learn of this really old system. And also it was really, we needed to get into the future about what the, you know, what the offerings were for a new financial system. All of, all the, all, everything that comes with it, all the reporting, all the GL structure, all the taking out a lot of the um, transactional work. So we really wanted to move our 
whole accounting and finance function forward. And that really the best way to do that was with a new um, accounting accounting package. So, would, so you say kind of the history was paper, the S400, and then NetSuite. Like, that's I, I, the probably, three accounting That's probably it. That's probably it, yeah. I mean, the system that they had really was kind of the green screen system that they had. So it was really bringing us up to sort of kind of this current standards and then really bringing in really new accounting and finance app for the most part to really, that could really leverage it and people who knew it to really get us forward and really give the good transparency to the organization, which I really didn't have. So how do you, like, you obviously recognized, okay, we have to move off the S400 and you found NetSuite, discovered NetSuite for whatever reason. But how do you, like, from a career standpoint, be like, oh, I want to bite off that apple. (laughs) And I want to migrate this massive ERP migration. Like, how, how do you mentally get ready for that? How do you attack that? How did your team attack that? Be interesting. Yeah, I mean, so we, we, I basically started a new team and I did bring in people who had some of their background with either NetSuite or Hyperion. We couldn't answer the questions that we were being asked, right? About, uh, you know, how the, we're doing financially on a daily basis or whatever. Good, good reporting about receivables or payables, even cash management. And so we knew that in order to really be able to ask those, answer those questions and help the organization make good business decisions, we had to have a good accounting package to do that. And so that's really what led to the new system. And it really has done a lot of that. So we're really happy with it. And did you go and implement this yourself? Did NetSuite help you implement? So um, we did have an, we had a company called Cirrus. Uh, ERP is based in Arlington, Virginia, where we were based. And they did help us with it. One of the things that we were really proud of is that I started in May of 2018 and then hired a controller shortly after I got here. We brought up NetSuite for the beginning of 2019. Uh, it wasn't 100%, but we knew that we wanted to start the year kind of on a new platform. And when I talked to people here, they were like, oh, it takes 18 months to kind of get the new requirements and then another 18 months to go live. And I'm like, look, we, we got this thing up and running in six or seven months. And then we, you know, then we refined it. Then we started adding on, on things to the platform, but we were able to get it up really quickly and start using it and really closing the books, I think for, for good, probably um, in March, I think was the first time that we didn't have like dual systems going. We were able to just say, we're cutting over to NetSuite. And so that, that's, that's really good. I mean, we got eight or nine months, we were able to get the thing up and running and, and on its own. So you were able to implement a lot quicker. Yes. Uh, do you have any tips, tricks, best practices for folks who want to have that speedy implementation? I think you mentioned yeah. one thing was uh, you didn't put everything in place all at once. Yeah, I think that's a big thing. I think you have to think about, we were kind of under the gun, so we knew it wasn't going to be perfect. And we did a lot of the, you know, a lot of the rules and regulations and things and financial management policies and procedures along with implementing things rather than, I think a lot of companies, especially I've talked to here, like they want to get everything ticked and tied and maybe that's their accountant in them, get everything secure <laughs> before they go live and maybe it helps them feel better with it. But you spend a lot more money on that to do that, especially if you're working up with an outside implementer. And, you know, you're going to be, again, two years away from getting up and going. So we we got up and going probably, I think, around March for good. And we then we came out here in 2019, you know, around the same time. It was, uh, I think it was in the, in the spring then. And, you know, it, it was kind of new to it, but we would talk to other people and then saw all the different offerings. And then I think one of the big things you need to do with NetSuite or any uh, system you have is have a plan for it every year, what you're going to do. Otherwise, it just stays kind of as your GL or your GL and kind of a reporting package. And that's one of the things that brought three other folks from my team here 
we had a kind of a plan of what we're looking for and how we're going to grow the system and see what the other offerings are, uh, which today learned a little bit more about that. So yeah. let's talk about that. Yeah. So to just make sure I'm hearing this correctly. You're kind of taking a point of view of instead of just like, I, I bought my accounting system, I'm done. And we just go forward. You're thinking, you're thinking about your accounting system internally as a living thing yes. that you have to nurture and grow and improve every year. And it's not just an off the shelf, you buy it once and you're done. That's right. I think you have to have a plan. You have to have somebody um, who's in charge of that administrator and then an owner, you know, and that's me for part of it is the owner, but I have an administrator and then I have a team of my direct reports. And we, you know, we got together and said, what are the things that we're looking for this year? To how to grow NetSuite, things that we're spending, you know, some, some seems that are things that are maybe too transactional or things that are taking us too much time. What are those things? I'm curious to know, what are you looking for? What, yeah, you know? so I think one of them I heard today uh, was the, you know, for bank, bank, bank reconciliation. So we do spend a lot of time on bank reconciliation. So I'm eager to see what it has to do there. Uh, we see, we spend some time on forecasting. So again, without having implemented the budgeting package for NetSuite yet, uh, or uh, we're looking for something that can help us with forecasting in general um, and doing different scenario analysis. So we've been doing that in Excel, which again is not optimal. We're looking at um, procurement. So again, some of there's some big procurement partners out there, but we're not that big, so we don't need something um, necessarily like that. But mm-hmm. we we do like the flow the flow of how those packages work. So we do some we are looking at something like that. And we're looking for, there's a, the new lease regulations, where maybe you talked about this on the show. You know, there's some software that hopefully either NetSuite has that can do that or another companies that can do that with a new with that new regulation. So all of that are things that That's we're looking lot, at. Yeah. yeah, it's a lot. And, you know, we won't implement all of them, but those are things that we're looking at. And, you know, it's interesting. There's different partners for different size companies. We're, you know, 150 million or so in revenue. So we're not huge, but, you know, but we're not really small either. And we have to find something that kind of fits with us, right? So NetSuite's good in terms of, it really wasn't an expensive package and they had a lot that came right with it and that we were happy about that. But now that some of these add-ons we're, you know, we're looking at, so. So you're you're uh, using this as an opportunity to, to learn. Yes. Uh, because there's all these educational sessions, but you're also shopping the expo hall. Yeah. And the marketplace and... And then we're also talking to different, you know, the hallway conversations are really important here at these kind of conferences. They're the most right? important, I think. I think, I think so too. We, you know, we, we just met um, some people from another nonprofit uh, that's featured here and we talked to them about how do you guys do things? And, you know, you have a chapter system and we have a chapter, kind of a chapter, chapter system. So how do you do your financials and, and what do you use and how do you leverage NetSuite? What do you do for your budgeting package? And, and those type of things are really important. And they were like, yeah, we need to talk some more. So those are always good. And no matter what industry you're in, you're always going to find somebody uh, that you can talk to and help out. So I, I think if I was reading correctly with March of Dimes, there's a lot of pivots. Obviously, yes. if you're Perlio, you have to find another cause, yeah, right? You solved the- uh, Yeah, so yeah, we never got into that. So, right, so we solved the polio and then, and then what happened, right? So when we started getting into more of um, birth defects and preterm birth, and so we focused on that kind of in the 70s, and then there was more of an outbreak around 2005 that the preterm birth became a really big, second biggest killer among uh, infants. So we focused more on that and that kind of transformed to moms and babies and, and preterm birth and looking at the causes and looking at how we can really reduce those. And a lot of that has to do with what, you know, if you think about a, a kind of a nonprofit, 
Um, what do nonprofits do? They they focus on lo- local mission, right? In in, a, in your community, they focus on um, education. They focus on research, and they focus on advocacy. And we do all of that. So in a local in a local setting, we might do things like have a, a baby bus. We'll go out into communities. Don't, they don't, people, moms don't have access to healthcare, and provide help. Or we have help in a NICU unit. If you had a baby who's in a NICU unit, um, it's pretty harrowing, and we are there to support them, you know, mentally, emotionally, and then what to do when they get home. So we have a NICU family support program in um, many hospitals around the country. And then we do advocacy on Capitol Hill and other state and local governments, you know, for moms and for time off, things like that. We do educational programs, uh, you know, again, to teach moms not only prenatal, but afterwards, and even even dads of how to take care of, take care of babies. So those are the biggest educational programs. So that's kind of what we do. Uh, on, and then we do research. And like, just like any other um, nonprofit, we're trying to do, we, we work with about six large universities from, from Stanford to University of Chicago that really help us understand where the, where the preterm birth is coming from and what are those causes of it and really trying to, you know, get those moms at risk and try to reduce, the, re- reduce that. So those are all the kind of things, a long-winded way of saying we do a lot of things that really helps a, a, a try to, you know, family from getting a preterm birth and, and helping get, make strong babies and strong moms. And it's very challenging during a pandemic because it's hard to be with people. That's right. I, I feel very fortunate that my son was born six years ago because we were at the hospital all the time with their like after, you know, they, they had these like services where you could learn how to, breastfeed properly and all that stuff, right? But we, how do you do that in a pandemic? So Yeah, I mean, we had to pivot, we had to pivot everything almost virtually like every other company, you know, that you talk to probably, not only um, from our programs, but even from our fundraising, right? So we we were big and we were the first people who did a walk. We did the, you know, March for Babies is really the biggest one I started in the 70s. Now it's a really a saturated market where there's runs and walks and bike rides probably every weekend in every location of the country. But we were one of the, really the founders of that. And we had to do a virtual events and try to get people who are big supporters of us to go out and walk on their own and get a team of their own to, you know, walk in their communities and raise money that way. Or we did have to do special events uh, like testimonials or um, things like that that we have. We had to do those virtually. So it really kind of, as, like I said, everybody was pivoting. We had to do it from a fundraising standpoint so that we could raise the money to support the mission. So every time you guys have a, a new mission or a pivot, how does it affect your department? Do you have to, do you kind of have a template out like, hey, it's, it's this next initiative. We know exactly what we're going to do in the back end to track it all and manage no, this I mean, properly. Yeah, so, or do you have to reinvent the wheel every single no, time? No, we don't. I mean, we have it. So, um, you know, we have to have the mission set up from a revenue and an expense standpoint. I think, like I said, NetSuite helps a lot with that. We, you know, if there's another channel that we want to raise money through, say, so, oh, we, ha- you know, we did walks, but now we're going to do a golf event or something like that. Okay, well, that's similar. So we'll 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 break that out, and we want to look at it um, from a profitability standpoint too. And profitability would mean how much it costs to put the event on versus how much money we're raising, right? And figure out the the best channel to raise money, right? The cheap, because we are all about the stewardship of money, right? So if we're getting a donated dollar in, we wanna make sure that we're using it in the best way possible towards the mission. And if we have to spend some of that to raise more money, we wanna do that in the best way possible. So it really helps us from a standpoint of uh, figuring out what are the best ways to raise money and the cheapest ways to raise money and then plowing it back into our mission. So on that topic of uh, the, the, the metrics you use to track yeah. your missions and how you're doing, uh, one of the things that got me excited this morning at the keynote was 
learning all about the the different types of data you can bring into NetSuite. Are you utilizing that ability to like to bring non-financial or operational data in any way into your system? No, we're actually we, we it's, that's one of the things we haven't done in terms of NetSuite. We have our own CRM system that's kind mm-hmm. of standalone, and so I think eventually we'd like to. It would be nice to get the, the whole ERP experience with. Uh, Yes, we were not there yet. So we really only have the financial piece now. It was nice to hear that they have a, a data warehouse piece. So we don't have a data warehouse, but that would be nice to bring in those and do it for reporting. But I think eventually we would like to do something like the HR, HR you know, system and mm-hmm. the um, CRM system and get those all integrated. Those are systems that we have. We just, at this point, just have the financials. Well, you know, you're you're still way ahead of <laughs> most most uh most not for profits are probably not on a cloud ERP system at this point, right? Right. I, I'm actually curious your thoughts on you know being a CFO in the the nonprofit or not for profit space. Where is that segment of finance now? Like, what percentage do you think are still using JD Edwards and the <laughs> green screen of death? And yeah, I think I think it depends. I mean, I the bigger ones. So we do. I do have a like a form of eight of um. CFOs that I do talk to, I think we're on the cutting edge of that. I think there's, there's, there most, most of the biggest ones are using something like Hyperion or um, NetSuite. I think the smaller ones, I think you're right. Um, and they haven't done that. Uh, some of it just depends on, you know, who the CFO is. If, if there's companies, I think what happened here where I came was the CFO was here for a long, maybe a long, long time. And came up through the ranks and was happy with the system that they had or not not knowing what was out there. Mm-hmm. So it depends. And it probably depends on the you know, for-profit companies too, you know, as well, but it just depends on what they're looking for. You mentioned something that uh, stuck in my head earlier, which is that NetSuite is, it sounds like it's a recruiting um, benefit for you or, or you wanted to bring in new people. That's right. And you didn't want to bring them in and teach them an old system. An old system. That's right. Has it helped you? recruit because we all know how there's a talent shortage in accounting and finance has that yeah i think so i think the uh, you know from an accounting standpoint and from a recruiting standpoint i think it does because one of the things that i preach is really to keep my staff current as much as possible not only in, in the accounting world right so so being on the latest and greatest you know software for whatever or learning what the techniques are um from, you know, doing the best practices and then getting them training and then trying to understand that. So it's one of the things that I do. I have, we've had pretty good, uh, not too much turnover, which has been pretty good. Um, and people come in, and, and as the nonprofit world's a little bit different is that people do come in and, and they get hooked on the mission or some come in because of the mission and say, oh, you know, especially, you know, depending on what the nonprofit is, you say, oh, I had cancer, so I'd like to, you know, give back. Or I had preterm birth, I had two NICUs, two kids in the NICU. And that's something near and dear to my heart would be to work for you know, the March of Dimes and, and kind of, and, you know, be part of that mission. So I like it because again, it's, is you know, we're running it as a business. We're trying to be the best stewards of money that we can. Um, and we get people with that mindset, but also that they feel good about getting up in the morning and, and kind of giving back and making sure that we're doing that. I like that mindset or that, that phrasing the stewards of money, because a lot of times I think nonprofits aren't thought of that way. Yeah. And then the bookkeeping always kind of is done on the cheap. Right. Right. Because like, right. we don't want to spend the money, but in a way like that's your only role as the nonprofit is to be good stewards of the money and invest it and spend it properly to achieve your mission. I love that phrasing. Yeah, I think that's right. I think everything we look at, we have to look at um, for investment. Even the, even the research we do, we're trying to get more, you know, translatable research, which is 
you know, getting something out of the research. So a lot of people will research it and they'll say, well, these could be the causes, but it's really, we're looking for something that could help reduce it. So a lot of, you know, the diagnostic testing or um, a device or something like that that could help reduce people going into labor early and, and preterm birth. And so we're working with a lot of companies out there that do that kind of thing, which is exciting, which is kind of our own internal, you know, shark tank. Um, and we have a, you know, an investment fund that we are trying to start up, a tra- you know, kind of a venture capital fund that we're trying to start up that we get that people that donors can give. And that's what it goes for is that kind of research. I, I was wondering, given that March of Dimes started as a, an organization to fund a vaccine, how do you feel about everything going on with vaccines right now? <laughs> we're pro- so we're, you know, I think we're pretty pro vaccine because of that, because we're, that's where we came from. Yeah. So, you know, we're. Uh, we feel pretty good about the vaccine and most of the people, I think a lot of the people that work with our organization, most of them, I think that we're over um, 95% vaccinated. So in our own company, which is probably really high for most companies, right? So uh, so we feel pretty good about it. I think people understand, you know, the benefits of it as well. And, you know, if you think about what went on during the polio, for, for right or for wrong, they did they did clinical trials on kids, which I don't know they could ever be able to do today, have a clinical trial on the kids. But you know, at the end of the day, it ended up, you know, eradicating it. Well, it's, it, I feel like if COVID had been a disease that affected children, yeah, the response would have been very different today. I, yeah, right? I think so too. Yeah. Um, I forgot where I was going to go. Do you have any more questions, David? I, I have a couple of questions about like your relationship with your accounting firm. Yeah. Like, do you, do they help you implement NetSuite? Do they help you pick apps? Do they just do your audit work? Like what's your relationship with an accounting firm? Do you even have an accounting firm? You know? Yes. So I can, yeah, we have, so we use, um, we actually use Grant Thornton. So we had uh, moved over for, to Grant Thornton when I got here um, through a RFP process. Um, we use, we don't necessarily, we use them to help us implement certain things. So the new ASC 42, they're helping us implement that, um, the new lease standard. They're a great sounding board for us to, um, you know, for if we have questions about how revenue recognition, it gets kind of complicated in a nonprofit world of when you write, write you know, probably in any world, right? Not for profit or nonprofit, how you recognize it, when you recognize it, and when it hits the books, those type of things. So we bounce ideas off of them or ba- and bounce things off of them. Of, and we're, we're moving forward. I think one of the things we tried to reinvent ourselves at the March of Dimes uh, when we got a new president in 2017. So we're trying a whole lot, of, uh, uh, we're trying some new things. Like I said, like a, uh, investment fund, things like that, that we're looking at. And we, and we do bounce our, that off of our accounting firm. So we have a good relationship with them. Well, I think that's all the time we have because we want to let you go grab a bite to eat. Okay. Thank you so much, Dave Demond, CFO at March of Dimes. It's been a real pleasure speaking with you. Well, nice speaking with you guys. And I'll make sure I catch your podcast from now on too. <laughs> and <laughs> if any of our listeners wanted to get a hold of you, what's probably the best way? So they can go to our, our website, marchofdimes.org, or they can just, uh, they can email me at ddemond at marchofdimes.org. Okay. Okay. Or just mail them some dimes. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks, guys. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you.